Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us for a very ep- special episode of The Noise Cast. This is Alberto. I am flying solo tonight, uh, but we have a very, very um, dope episode in store for you all. As you may have already known if you follow the podcast, I am a avid photographer as well as someone who talks shit on the computer all day um and in my travels shooting um various types of photography primarily street photography i have had the great opportunity to try out a bunch of different hardware from different manufacturers i've uh at one point i was an image logger an official brand ambassador for uh, Samsung and uh, their digital imaging uh, division. And as part of that, I got to shoot with um, the NX line of APS-C censored cameras that uh, Samsung was releasing a few years back. Um, You know, uh, in all reality, these were very, very exceptional cameras in a lot of ways, way ahead of their time, um, specifically the NX-1. Uh, it was it was one of my favorites, and when the program came to an end, um, you know, shortly after there was uh, essentially all the different uh, pieces that made the camera work so well in my workflow were slowly being phased out. Um, it was around that time that I began trying out different systems, different formats. Um, I, at one point, had looked into shooting Canon going, you know, full reverse course, going back into the world of DSLRs. Um, and I picked up a, a Canon 7D and later a 7D Mark II, uh, which was a very good camera, uh, also crop sensor. Um, I wasn't quite ready to go back to a full frame camera. And, you know, it, it, it worked for its time. It was a good, solid camera, but it was just too heavy. Um, the glass was just too big, um, you know, putting out glass on, on that camera. It was a very pricey uh, investment. And it didn't quite feel right. Um, I had went back to Olympus, you know, on, almost on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, going back to Micro Four Thirds. Um, years ago, I was shooting uh, Micro Four Thirds with Olympus, and I did enjoy shooting with the um, uh, Olympus OMD EM1. I was there for the launch of the EM. One Mark II. It was a phenomenal camera, you know, uh, full disclosure, got sent out to Iceland, got to try out the thing, and uh, wrote about it for uh, the photographer back in 2016. Um, Again, a really good camera, but there was just something missing. It just uh, didn't really uh, do it for me in terms of shooting in low light. Um, You know, the image stabilization is great. If you were an astrophotographer or if you shot, um, you know, landscapes, you know, that in-body stabilization was phenomenal, you know, up to, uh, I believe it was five stops of uh, stabilization. So you could, you know, perceivably slow down the shutter, um, you know, to less than a fifth of a second, well, maybe more than a fifth of a second, but around a fifth, a fifteenth of a second, hand-holding, you know, that's not just something that wasn't, you know, something that was possible in the past. Um, But ultimately, where I decided to go was to 
just work with Fuji. Um, and I kind of, I had a chance to shoot with the X-Pro1 uh, back when I was at Small Camera Big Picture. Um, you know, it was, it, if to me, it was like shooting a Leica. Um, you know, but the reality is the life is very expensive. Uh, it's not anything that I could foreseeably see myself spending the money on. Um, and Fuji just really had the sex appeal with, with the camera body. It was something unique. It was something that no one else was doing. And it really caught my attention. So I jumped right into the platform. I got the X-Pro1 and shortly after, um, you know, shortly after the launch of the X-Pro2, I picked that one up. It was, it's, you know, it's my workhorse camera. It's with me on jobs. It's with me when I shoot for fun. Um, you know, I I jumped right into the system. It was just like, oh man, this is a tangible thing. You had the dials, it had, you know, some people don't like it. Some people think it's a, a bit much. It's intimidating, it's pretentious. Um, you don't need that. You have touch dials. Um, it's an APS-C sensor. Again, I've shot Sony. I even, for a time, had a Sony a7 uh, II. Um, but, you know, again, the compromises of just having to carry large, heavy, uh, you know, pieces of glass, lenses, you know, equipment that you have to carry with you all day on the show floor, it's not fun. Um, and what ends up happening is if you're not carrying your gear with you, then you probably don't need that material with you. So now flash forward to today and we have the release or the announcement of the Fuji X-T4. Um, you know, just going over some of the specs and the spec sheet there, it's pretty clear that this is a complete reimagining of the X-T line without compromising on the iconic design of the camera. It's a camera that um, strikes all the, all the great notes between um, a retro uh, reimagining and an intuitive design uh, for modern photographers. Um, you know, one of the, it's like Fuji's taking the time to listen to all the gripes that, you know, pros and um, their fans have had with respects to uh, camera design, to the features that they wanted. Um, one of the biggest things that everyone's been complaining about is it's, it's Fuji cameras do not have IBIS, in-body image stabilization. Uh, well, guess what? Now they have it. Um, you know, there's going to be, I believe it's 18 lenses that are going to be able to add up to seven stops of um, image stabilization. That's nuts. It's just, we can now shoot these uh, a lot of situations handheld with slower apertures, lower light, um, taking full advantage of, you know, um, the scene and being able to take images you wouldn't be able to take before. Um, it sounds promising. It's something that I truly want to believe um, they'll deliver on. So, you know, before we we uh, get into it, I just want to say I'm excited. I'm cautiously optimistic as with all things because it's one thing to have to knock it out the park on a spec sheet. It's another thing to knock it out the park in practice. But if uh, my experience with these cameras had, 
you know, means anything, it's that I can pretty much rest my, you know, hang my hat on the fact that Fujifilm has been making amazing gear, amazing cameras for photographers in mind, and now it looks like they're bringing videographers into the fold. So, you know, as uh, Panasonic is making the pivot to full frame and, um, you know, Canon and Sony not really having something that's... uh, um, really well built for running gun kind of one camera um, videography. Fuji, you know, has looks like it's taken what it's learned from the uh, XH series and brought it over to the XT with a very very compact um, body and all the bells and whistles that we've been craving and wanting. So, um, without further ado, here's my interview with Justin Staley, Fuji North America. Welcome everyone again. This is Alberto from the Noisecast, uh, and today we have a very special guest to talk about uh, two of my favorite things: cameras and cameras. Um, do you mind introducing yourself to everyone? Sure, no problem. Uh, my name is Justin Staley. I'm the senior manager of product development at Fujifilm North America. So I'm intimately involved in uh, all things cameras and uh, the new product coming and what we're doing and where the direction is of of cameras going forward. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, just to kind of get, just to kind of recap everything that's been going on with Fuji, I think um, the story really kind of starts with the the launch of the X-Pro3. The X-Pro3 has been out on the market for uh, about four months, five months at this point. Yeah, October was the announcement date right around Photo Expo. So until it started shipping, it was November. So just in round terms, November, December, January, February. So a good four months on the marketplace now. Awesome, awesome. And um, I've actually had a chance to uh, do a uh, a pretty long-term review of of the product. I've had it for about uh, three weeks now. And, you know, I got to say that it's, it's one of those things where um, obviously like some of the, um, you know, I, I checked some of the YouTube reviews and there's, there's a, a, it's a mixed bag with respect to, um, the flip out screen. Uh, personally, I am a huge fan of it. Um, I found that it has helped the way I shoot, at least in terms of being able to focus and, uh, you know, kind of stick to the moment. Um, what are some of the things that, that you've come across with, um, you know, now that it's been out in the out in the wild for a while, what what's some of the feedback you you guys are getting from photographers? Well, I mean, I think it's the the same as what you hear on on the forum boards that um, you know it really in our mind that camera is about pure photography is sort of this hearkening back to to the past and a bit the way we would photograph with film in the day. So that's sort of the inspiration for that screen and the monitor being able to flip it up and hide it, that you are less focused on what you've just taken and more present, more in the moment, more um, involved in what you're doing, which kind of goes along with the whole street photography, documentary photography genre. So I think that decision was made thinking that direction, that that camera to us, that camera is a specialized tool, right? It's a, uh, um, 
you know, rangefinder type cameras, viewfinder cameras are, I, I love them. They're near and dear to my heart. I've always shot rangefinders. My entire career as a photographer is I started making images. One of the first cameras I picked up, um, one of my professors in, in college told me if I could manage to load an old Leica 3C with a roll of film, I was more than welcome to shoot with it. So <laughs> I've been shooting, you know, rangefinder cameras pretty much as long as I've been doing photography. And uh, so there's a certain love to that camera and that style of camera, but I think it's really a niche kind of product. It's a special, specialized camera. It does certain things really well. It doesn't do other things as well. And so I think um, sort of making it more um, purist, more about street photography, more about documentary photography is kind of um, really in the spirit of what that camera is to us. Yeah, it definitely stands out. Um, so I, whenever I am not shooting, um, you know, something professionally, more than likely I'm outside doing street photography. This is, you know, it's kind of the way I, um, I try new things. It's the way I kind of process, uh, you know, the eye of photography, you know, that whole idea of how you create an image. And mm -hmm. for me personally, just being able to just kind of dive right into it you know, and really, like, sometimes it, it can, and yes, it can be a little bit unforgiving because you can't, you know, immediately go back and review your shot or whatever, but that's not the point, right? Like, the point is for you to be out there, experience uh, your environment, be a part of the environment in a way that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do, you know, um, through the back of a monitor. Um, I personally found it to be um, a refreshing way to uh, approach photography again and to like you said, it's it's really goes it goes back to the the film days where you had you know twenty four to thirty six shots you know less if you were shooting medium format um, and you know you don't know what you get until you're you're developing so you know there is some there is a kind of like joy behind that that I've missed with uh, with digital but you know this this camera really brought that back and I really enjoy, I just personally enjoyed it. It's also exploration, uh, right? That when you were shooting film, you shot film and you shot a certain number of frames, not knowing if you had the picture or not. I think with digital, we're very, very tempted at least to go click, click. Oh, I got it. And walk away. Where when you were shooting right. film, you didn't know that you had it. You had to, right. you know, you made consciously made more frames because you, it was different, right? Now, now everyone runs on motor drive at, you know, eight frames a second and goes blast, 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 and gets, you know, I, I jokingly refer to it as, as bracketing, right? Is digital bracketing of everything <laughs> yeah. where you end up with eight frames that are the same and eight frames that are the same. Before we go click, you'd move a little bit. You'd explore the subject. You would um, change your angle. You would look at, look at the object and go, okay, now how do I best see this, right? Because a click of film costs you money. So you'd be looking at how do I maximize this roll of film, but also how do I sort of explore what's in front of me? And I think that's sort of a little bit lost with digital. It's a little too easy to go click, click, click. Oh, I have it and walk away. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think that's, you know, that's it in a, in a nutshell, right? You know, um, I feel while digital photography has, um, it's funny, digital photography has become photography, but, you know, one of the things that we've given up is that um, almost the uh, the need to explore, you know, the need to work a scene, 
um, even in, in street photography, it's just like, you know, it's not just running up and running gun, you know, running gun shooting throughout, you know, a thousand frames a day and then come back and you, know, you have a mess. Um, being able to sit there and just truly work a scene, you know, see how the light hits um, your subject, just be able to kind of, what does it look like if I moved, you know, two feet this way, two feet that way, um, try different angles, you know, and I think like uh, just the ability to kind of go back to that kind of thinking, to slow things down, to be more intentional with your shot. I think that's really, um, that's really what, what the Expo 3 has, has done for me, just making me rethink, um, you know, the entire process. This isn't going to be a run and gun kind of day. This is going to be a day where you're going to sit down and you're going to think about the shot. And even as it's forming, you know, you're just, you're, you're playing with light, you're playing with movement, you're playing with the scene and you're able to just kind of go back and forth and say, okay, no, I'm here, I'm present. And then you worry about the shots, you know, then you go back and it's just like, oh, wow, I didn't realize I got this one or, you know, this is exactly what I was looking for. And it all worked out because you're focused on what's happening in front of you. Yeah, and I think, I think for street photography, for documentary photography, that's even more so important than, you know, journalistic pursuits even too, that, you know, being present, being there, being aware, being, um, you know, sympathetic to what's happening in front of the lens, I think is really important when you're, when you're looking at sort of documenting everyday sort of truths and looking at it from, from that kind of a, of a lens, I think it's really important to have that sense of presence and be part of what's happening as opposed to, you know, standing back a hundred yards with a long lens and just, you know, sniping little moments out of things when you're, when you're in close and you're sort of following that classic sort of street photography mentality with a, you know, a 35 millimeter type uh, field of view lens. I think that's, you know, you have to be close. You have to be personal. It has to be personal to you, right? So when you're in there, you're interjecting yourself into that frame. And I think that's, that's really where that camera sort of lives and breathes and belongs. Right. Definitely. Um, you know, and just to kind of shift gears a little bit, um, you know, we're talking about kind of like the progression of, of you know, the, the Fuji uh, portfolio. Um, you know, just recently you guys uh, launched the X100B, which is, you know, again, another camera that, um, you know, I, I look at things, I guess, through the lens of street photography because that's just kind of my passion. But it's really just such a, um, it's it really is a perfect um, street camera. You know, it's something that you could, stuff in your jacket pocket and have with you no matter what. And I think, um, you know, that's one of those things that, that it, it almost reminds me of like a really, really good, uh, those disposable film cameras from back in the day. Like I used to just kind of walk around with one um, because it was a lot, it was easy, right? You just kind of stick it in your pocket, walk around, you take a few shots. Um, but obviously this gives us so much more than those little um, plastic cameras um, Can you talk to us a little bit about the uh, the X100 series? Sure. I mean, to us, the X100 was sort of the beginning of everything X-series. Um, when that camera was first shown at Photokina, you know, that was really just sort of a litmus test that if, if the response was good to that camera, we were going to start building cameras and 
build the X series. If it was not, if it was a warm sort of mediocre response, they weren't actually going to going to go through with it. So it sort of was this litmus litmus test to us, and the reaction was you know huge. Everyone just kind of went nuts for it, and the camera has always sort of had I don't know it's we're really protective of that camera from a design standpoint, from a feature, from a size standpoint that. The camera's small, lightweight, compact. It, it's meant to fit in the jacket pocket. So it's always had this, uh, you know, street photographers have always loved it because it's that classic focal length, um, but being able to carry it in your pocket. So to us, it's also about everyday pictures, right? It's about people that want to carry a camera all the time. People that might not be street photographers, but might be architects or some other profession that uses a camera as sort of a visual sketchbook and always sort of wants to have that camera with them to document it and not burden themselves with carrying a big camera. So it has limitations, you know, fixed lens, um, but having that flexibility to always have a camera, to always be able to make sort of amazing photographs, um, it, just with a lot of flexibility because of that focal length, it's really sort of to us a really special piece. And so changing the size of the camera, changing the look of the camera, changing sort of that box that it is, has always been really, really tough for us. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's funny because I actually kind of, I, the thing that introduced me to the X-Series uh, cameras for me was the X-Pro1. Um, at the time, I believe I was writing for a small camera, big picture. And, you know, just came in and I was like, wow, this thing's amazing. And then, you know, someone told me, just like, no, look at the X100. And, you know, it was, it was like having that just like small, compact, and just something that you could easily take away. And just kind of seeing the progression of the X100 series is just, it's one of, it's one of those releases that every time it comes out, I look forward to it. Um, I, <laughs> I have this really, really bad habit of picking one up um, and then, selling it when the next one comes out. So I, I'm always kind of like looking to get like the next one just because it's it's a joy to use. It's an absolute joy to use. And I think, um, you know, I'm not trying to just like, you know, bullshit you guys and just heap on this praise, but I think that's really what makes um, the Fuji line stand out because they are just a joy to use when, you know, they're intuitive. I know a lot of people look at like the dials and, you know, seem a little intimidated by it, but once you get, you know, into it, once you start um, using it as part of your workflow, everything kind of disappears and it just makes so much sense. So, you know, just to see the, the progression of the X100 and to see that there's so much dedication to, um, you know, the process, to the design elements of it. It's just, uh, as a photographer, it's something that you always want to hear, you know, you all, and more, more importantly, you see it in every iteration of it. So, you know, I guess that's just a big thank you from me to you guys. Well, thank you. Cause I mean, to us, it's a very special product, right? It's, it's, we're always trying to protect those things that make it special. So, um, you know, the manual controls that, yeah, some people might find a little in intimidating at first, but being able to throw the lens on a, the shutter speed dial on a, you know, you, you have that, that ability to be full program if you want aperture priority, if you want shutter priority, or full manual. And that, that sort of old school film 
sort of details and mentality that, you know, the ISO in the shutter speed dial, like it was on a bunch of old film cameras. Um, so being able to see sort of the exposure trinity, you know, by a glance at the top of the camera, seeing your shutter speed, your aperture, and your ISO, you don't even have to switch the camera on to kind of know where you are if you're if you're used to that. Um, it just really is a special little camera. It is kind of unique. Um, it, you know, stylistically and everything else, it's a unique little piece and it has that rangefinder sort of flair, um, a little bit reminiscent of the old Rolly 35s from the film days, but also to me, it's that, um, that context T, uh, T2, like a mini Lux Nikon 35 TI type camera that a lot of professionals used to throw in their camera bag or in their lighting case. That if, if mm -hmm. everything else failed, if something went down, something broke, they always had a little camera with them that they knew they could finish the job with. And so that camera to me is sort of the spiritual successor to those cameras also. That it's really that, that little camera, big pictures, and, uh, and really just a, a little do-everything camera. Yeah, definitely. Um, just out of curiosity, um, you know, one of the things that, that I... I've recommended the X100 series in the past four was um, tra travel photography for people who wanted to have a no compromise um, camera. Like, is that something that you guys are also kind of keeping in mind? Like, this is something that, you know, is going to go, this thing can, can replace the, the big DSLR camera, but it's also going to give you uh, something more robust than, you know, the cell phones that we all have in our pocket. Oh, uh, definitely. I just had a talk with a friend the other day that uh, he was he was sort of lamenting the the pictures he gets off his iPhone sometimes, but didn't really want to carry a bigger camera. And so we started looking at X100 a little bit for him. And he's going to go out and get a new an X100V when it comes out, just because it gives him that flexibility to take sort of real photographs because he makes really amazing pictures on his iPhone. But just having that ability to have a camera where it's not really that much bigger, being able to tuck it in a jacket pocket, being able to take it with him everywhere he goes, really just giving him some added flexibility in what he does and being able to sort of, um, you know, bring a new piece to it, being able to crop in, being able to shoot 4K video of things now when he wants to. So having all those little those little features and that capability out of it just makes it a nice little piece for him to be able to use and take with him that sort of supplements his phone, right? That it sort of goes hand in hand with it. Some things quick, just to Instagram, boom, he can take the picture, off it goes. But, you know, some other things where he wants to work with something a little bit more, wants to work with light a little bit more, he's got a real camera in his pocket that he can take out, make a picture, transfer the file to his phone, get it on social media if he wants, or at least have it for himself that he has these documentations of, of what he's doing and where he's been. Yeah, I, I it's definitely one of those things, you know, it's, I, I always trust the people, you know, there are many, many good um, cameras out there that aren't made by Google or Apple. And, yeah. you know, I think people really crave it. I just think that there's a, um, I guess it, what it is, it's it's getting over the intimidation factor of a real camera and also understanding that cameras have um, really like progressed leaps and bounds in terms of their ability to share uh, the content that they make to the regular places where you'll find it, like Instagram and, and social media. Yeah, I mean, so, in talking with my friend, he went out and bought a full-size uh, DSLR, 
right? A full frame DSLR, but never carried it. So for him traveling, adventuring, doing what he does, that big camera, he wanted to make pictures. He really had the urge to do photography, but the size weight of the camera just got in his way. It's kind of, kind of like, um, you know, people that are travel photographers that go on adventures places, carry a tripod, but the tripod stays in their hotel room because they don't want to carry it out because it's too big or it's too heavy or it's too whatever, you know, then why'd you even take it with you? Right. You, if you left it in the hotel room and didn't take it out to make pictures, you start to question, why do you actually have that tool? And so, right. you know, that that's the thing about cameras to me, they're tools, they're hammers. And so it's finding the right tool, finding the right hammer and who has just one hammer, right? We've got ha different hammers for different things. A carpenter uses a certain size hammer for, you know, driving big nails and then uses a, a smaller, lighter hammer for putting up trim. So having the right tool for the for the job is really important. And so something like that's just a real versatile all around tool that gives you pleasure, right? So it's, it's picking up, some objects, some some machines have that that special, I don't know, un, untangible quality to them that really makes them special and makes people passionate about them. I think the X100 series has always managed to do that. No, definitely. I it's it definitely goes without saying. Um, you know, so what what's coming down? down the line for for Fuji there's you know obviously this is this is rumor time right so like the rumors are all out this is the year you guys are going to make a big announcement and we're, we're going to press you a bit so xt4 <laughs> do, we, do we see something this year yeah um definitely see something this year see something in the in the you know very very near future um you know as as of the uh, end of this month Okay. Okay. So, um, can you just uh, give us a, a little bit of what to expect? Sure. Um, the the XT4 is uh, going to have a lot of new sort of pieces to it. Um, if I just kind of run through them a little bit, it's sure. going to have a, a new IBIS unit in the camera body, so we'll have in-body stabilization, um, and that can deliver That's up. That's definitely to a big plus for. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Sorry to cut you off, but you know, like that's a big plus for everyone that's been using the, um, you know, the XT series cameras for both uh, stills and videography. You know, like um, we've we've done a couple shows. We've met at a couple shows, and you usually see me with you know, XT XT two in hand doing video. So you know, that's that's a godsend for for a guy like me. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, and being able to get six and a half stops of IS out of it, you know, so 18 of the sure. lenses will give you six and a half stops of, of image stabilization. The rest of them are, are five stops and more. So you're getting at least five stops of, of IS out of everything. And then sort of half of them are giving you up to that uh, six and a half stops. That's pretty impressive in my book. Yeah. No, that's super impressive. That thing, that... That's right up there with um, some of what what other competitors are are putting on paper, but not necessarily delivering. Right. Right. So entirely new shutter unit goes along with that, much quieter, um, but also much faster, up to fifteen frames a second mechanical shutter. So really being able to to run that camera at a sort of a fast professional rate to capture action. Mm -hmm. 
Um, other things that come along with that is entirely new battery. So being able to get up to 600 shots out of a single battery in the eco mode on the camera and with a hand grip and two battery, two extra batteries in the hand grip, that's getting you about 1700 shots. So the things that have sort of plagued mirrorless up to this point with battery life are sort of starting to go away. So that, that frontier is being crossed. Um, we've made some slight tweaks to the dials and, and controls on it. So you'll find that there's actually a, uh, where the, metering dial used to be under the shutter speed dial. There's now a mode dial that bounces you from still to movie mode. And in doing that, we've also split up the menu again, so that you've got two of the dedicated menus pop up as you switch it, more like the, the GFX 100. And also the camera remembers where it was. So you have, um, we started in T3, the silent touch control for, for a movie. We've now expanded on that and expanded to be able to use the control, the sort of the command dials on front and back to control shutter speed, aperture, and ISO in video. So you could have the shutter speed dial at any speed, but when you flip to movie mode, it automatically goes to where you were last time. So kind of trying to make the hybrid usage, the bouncing back between stills and video, much more seamless. Nice, nice. That is actually really cool, and I'm really looking forward to um, trying that out. That's that's man, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> so no, let, let me fan, let me fanboy for a minute here because I am very excited um, by this uh, like by this feature set. It's a lot of the things that um, you know I, I've been writing about. Some of the things that like I love these cameras. You know, I use them personally. Um, but, you know, there were things like the battery life that, you know, like Ivis was a, a thing that, you know, it's a pain point, but it was something that I was willing to look the other way on. Now that you guys are, it's like you guys went into like my wish list and said, you know what, we're, we're going to, we're going to take care of this. <laughs> so that's exciting. It's exciting news. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's part of the reason why the GFX 100 got away from dials for us was trying to sort out how the best way to implement this, right? How to, as a hybrid use camera, how do you make it work? Once you put a dial on it, you got a dial, you're fixed. And so that's part of where this camera starts to solve a lot of those problems where, you know, you can, all of us, I'm sure have, I've done it so many times. I, I'm, I hate to say it. Um, you know, been shooting stills and going, oh, I'd really like to have a video clip of this and flip the camera into movie mode. And I realize I'm shooting, you know, 60p video at a 15th of a second or something crazy and go, oh, yeah, yeah that doesn't, when you get back home and you're like, oh, my, this video is really weird. What's going on? And you start looking at it and going, oh, that's why. And so having that ability to have those things be independent really makes it sweet. They've also made the Q button menus so the queue the quick menu is now independent there's a still one and a video one so it's just giving you oh, more awesome. more flexibility right just more capability of making better pictures and getting what you want right there and and, and having it in front of you and not having to go digging in the menu too far for it yeah i think for uh, from a usability standpoint that's going to be so clutch especially for any kind of hybrid shooter where you know you are making uh, both stills and videos and you know just needing to go back and forth on the fly like that you know that that's going to be so so clutch um 
Um, I just I can't wait to get my hands on one, to be honest, from just from the sound of it. Um, now, Justin, you know, we 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 talked a little bit about about the camera. Um, is you know, are we going to see more of this kind of like um, hybrid style of, I guess, mechanism, for lack of a better word, um, in future products? Is this something that Fuji sees as the future of the product line? Well, I mean, I think if you look at what's happening with photography and with imaging today, I think motion is becoming more and more important. And that that's, you know, interacting with our lives more and more, telling stories through motion. So I think um, if we look at what's happening in the creation of images and creation of content, I think everything's going that way. So I think you'll start, you'll see that trend continuing. You know, we've added 240p high speed recording. So being able to go even faster um, and slow down stuff. Um, I was doing stuff the other day with uh, snow falling at, you know, and then slowing it down five times. And you start to get these really cool effects happening. Um, We did a shot. Daniel Malachar will be, uh, he's the featured photographer for the US for us. And he's great because he's that synergy. He's a cinematographer, still photographer. And we went out and produced some content with him last month. That'll be launch content for it. That uh, is just phenomenal. Like he was out just blown away by the quality of that 240p. Shoot, we had a guy that was a welder. So shooting a welder, grinding of sparks and with all this stuff, just being able to see and sort of capture those things a bit differently. He was just completely blown away by that. Um, You know, there's there's just a new film simulation. Eterna a bleach bypass. So having a just a different take on a Turna, a little uh, um, I'm going to call it softer. I always sort of describe it as the if you've seen the movie 300, it's sort of that kind of color palette and look to it. Where in the processing of film, you would have skipped the bleach process, so it still would have had silver in the film base, and it just gives a little bit different look to it. So that we've added that to that. Um, you know, there's new boost modes in the camera uh, that just based on priorities of, of what's more important to you. So if you a low light photographer, there's a low light priority in the boost mode. There's a resolution priority. So if you're doing macro work or things like that, and there's a frame rate priority. So if you're shooting more motion or you're shooting sports or action, you can flip to that. The variable angle LCD panel. So now having on an XT series camera, that LCD panel that swings out and rotates. So that, you know, if you wanted to do some video logging or you wanted to uh, be able to see the screen a little bit different, we now have that capability. Or you can flip the screen around backwards. If you want sort of that X-Pro type experience, you can do that also. So there's lots of little things that go into the camera um, that just are really, really changing it. You know, it's kind of an exciting little camera. I think um, I think people look at our cameras sometimes and look at digital cameras in general and go, "Oh, it's just the same camera again." And yeah, it definitely know, does. This is not that kind of release. Um, you know, again, like from personal experience, you know, having used the XC3, um, you know, I use the XC2, you know, as my daily driver, and it's just like even going from like an XC3 to um, the, you know, the XC4, the, it's just miles away from, you know, what it was. It's, it's, it's like you guys 
um, com it's a complete redesign of the, the camera. There's really no other way. The only thing it seems to share is you know the the XT um, badging, but this is very very easily like a completely new 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 camera. Yeah, I always feel a little bit like um, when we redo these cameras that they were a little bit like Porsche, and they're always you know the new 911 comes out and it looks like a 911, right? And they always trying to explain and justify that how many new pieces are inside. So I always feel like sometimes people look at our cameras, particularly the X100 we were talking about earlier, and go, oh, it's just the same old camera. And yeah. in reality, it looks the same and it operates the same, but oftentimes the, the uh, sensor might be the same. But integration of components and other things that we've done, the boards have changed on the inside, and it's just given us some other tools and techniques to do stuff that really kind of make these cameras like, you know, evolutionary upgrades, um, you know, that to just make it really, really nice to, to be in today's world. I mean, I think, I think cameras can quickly become very computer-like, and we're always sort yeah. of fighting that. We're always trying to make these cameras... Um, more special and more of a of a object you want to carry with you every day. Yeah, and it it definitely shows. You know, I think um, I guess it's an emotional uh, reaction to the cameras, and you know, you guys do an amazing job, kind of marrying the the emotion and the science behind it. So, you know, again, it's it's just a blast to use use the Fuji cameras. Well, thank you. That's I know the engineers work really hard. The design team work really hard to to keep that look, that feel, that design language, and also are always striving for finding components and new finishes, and you know, up to new challenges. Uh, I remember the one engineer looking at me, and when we changed on the X Pro Two to that uh, ISO dial and the shutter speed dial coming to me and, and telling me how many pieces that added to the shutter speed dial to make it pull up and turn so that you could set the ISO there as opposed to just slapping another button on the camera that was an ISO button or forcing you to go into the menu, but to make that mechanical sort of device that it made the shutter speed dial like, you know, five times more complex than it was originally. And the way that those engineers look at that thing and go, okay, well, that's a classic design choice and a classic aesthetic to a camera. And it's how it was done, you know, 30 years ago. There's some merit in that and looking at that and finding a way to, to meld that old sort of ergonomics and styling into a modern day device. Man, that's, that's amazing. So you guys, oh, like I, I'm just... I'm not a primary, I don't shoot video primarily, but, you know, just kind of going through the list of all the new features in, in the new camera, I, I, it's definitely something that I'm going to want to experiment um, with a lot more in the future. I will, I will tell you the T4 will make you want to shoot video. It's, it's, I'm not, I'm a still guy in predominantly, but I've honestly, I think shot as much video out of that camera as I've shot stills that it just makes me want to sort of capture these little moments and these little clips of things and just it, like playing with photography. It sort of is a throwback to me to learning photography. And so I've been, you know, the 240 frames a second. It's like, okay, what can I play with? What can I, what, what motion, what, how can I stop time? How can I see time a little bit differently? And so I've been completely fascinated by that and being trying to find, okay, what can I, what can I photograph to show this? 
And so it's just, uh, to me, it's a lot of fun, kind of gets that childlike wonder back into photography that just makes you want to go out and see the world and explore the world, uh, you know, and see things that other people don't see in the world. That's exciting news. I'm sure everyone who shoots video is going to, um, you know, definitely perk their ears up uh, waiting for, for the, you know, the launch of the new camera. I know I'm personally, um, you know, starting to count my pennies and make sure that uh, I'm I'm one of those people on that uh, pre-order line. So, um, yeah, it's about time. You know, it's about time. We, I, you roasted me a little bit the last time you saw me with the XC2, but you know, she's a workhorse, so I, I can't. She's not going anywhere, but I'm I can't wait to add, um, you know, the XC4 into into the lineup. So that sounds exciting. good. Good. You know, hopefully I get to see you soon sometime and we run into each other to show somewhere along the way. But, uh, you know, it's uh, if you have anything you need, just, you know, reach out uh, and be happy to happy to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. Justin, thanks again. Um, everyone, thank you again for, for listening. Uh, that was Justin Staley with uh, Fuji, Fuji Film North. Once again, I want to say thank you to Justin Staley of Fujifilm North America for taking the time to give us um, a first look at the brand new Fuji X-T4. We're very excited about our interview. We thank you all for listening. Um, be sure to check out the website, thenoisecast.com. We're going to have a very brief write-up on what to expect with the X-T4. Also, you know, why I'm personally excited about the camera and why I am glad that I just waited a little bit longer before upgrading. And be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast, wherever you're listening to this now, hit that subscribe button. Be sure to leave a comment or rating. Those help us uh, get the word out as well. Be sure to visit our Patreon, patreon.com slash the noisecast. Your donations mean a lot to us. We really appreciate all the support that we've been getting both uh, on social media with the shares, with uh, the new downloads every with every episode. We're seeing that number go up, so it's very encouraging. And we really want to make the best product for you. So, you know, make sure to hit that monthly subscribe. Even $3 goes a long way uh, in making this show happen. Also, be sure to follow us on social media. We are at Noisecast on Facebook and Twitter. You can also find us at The Noisecast on Instagram. We're trying to build that up as well. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to the next time. Peace.